are here. It is Friday night. It is Christmas Eve Eve, and we appreciate you guys who are tuning in tonight to talk about three hours of previously recorded wrestling that was aired live tonight here on a Friday night. Most of the performers got the night off, but we are here to talk about it. Dutch Mantel, complete with his Zeb Coulter figurine. Go out and get you one right now. It's never too late for a last-second Christmas gift. How are we doing tonight, Dutch? Oh, I'm doing fine. After uh, I want to get into this these these shows in, a little more in depth. Mm. I got a lot to say about Rampage. Uh, you always do. Uh, but it's my favorite show. I know. I have a lot. To, I have a lot to say about it. Uh, by the way, can we can we please in the future make sure that we are not running rampage on tnt and then rampage the movie on tbs because i they had them running concurrently on back-to-back channels and i accidentally clicked on the wrong one and i'm like why am i watching the monkey movie right now <laughs> I just switch over to AEW. I had the complete wrong channel sp3 how we doing you forgot the aew goes before rampage yeah um, <laughs> yeah i did do that merry christmas to everyone happy holidays here to talk about some wrestling pre-recorded uh pre-recorded uh, holiday wrestling my. yeah holiday wrestling so we Ooh. had to get holiday references and on each so yeah this should be a fun 45 minutes. <laughs> it's gonna be a sprint not a marathon tonight uh, we appreciate everybody who's tuning is tuning in tonight uh get your comments in, get your questions and we'll try to get to them as many as possible uh throughout the next 45 have, minutes or so let me let me i have been covered up today yeah dutch you are in just mired in controversy uh today a lot of people man you just got released from the er you know yeah, how, how you doing oh man the cultic guy robbed me <laughs> no i'm sitting around today and i'm bored so i just happen to put in oh i'm walking down the streets of nashville where i used to live I don't even live there anymore and thinking, what a wonderful country we live in. And then somebody threw a rock, hit me in the head, knocked me out, and I got robbed, and I'm at the ER right now with a concussion. Man, I just made it up. It was, uh, I was just playing around. But my, little, my comedy didn't land at all. And people saying, are you okay? Who did it? Why? And... Well, I, I appreciate the concern. Yeah, Sid and I reached out immediately. I have to watch the way that I kid around because, but it did prove to me something about wrestling. The people will believe something to you tell them different or give them a reason to disbelieve. Now, if I hadn't, and I put up an apology on Twitter because I didn't mean to mislead you. I thought everybody knew my bull, bullshit humor. <laughs> But apparently they don't. It, it, it's hard to tell it through text, you know. Like, well, I understand that, but anyway, I use some emojis. Like, <laughs> should not be tip off enough, but you would think, folks. I'm fine. I'm not in the hospital. I don't have a concussion. Of course, a concussion may help me. Actually, it might knock some. I was going to say, you just got your normal mental illness tonight. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to yeah, be. I'm just normal, but. Anyway, I'm normally okay. abnormal. I'm okay. So if I say something stupid, just say, well, he's, he's just thinking about the concussion he could have had. 
All right, well, let's dive into SmackDown first here, uh, gentlemen. Uh, the show opens up with the Bloodline tonight. Uh, thought this was pretty okay from Heyman and Reigns, and then Sami Zayn grabbed the microphone, and he just absolutely stole the show, um, which is what he's been doing the last few weeks. I thought this was a great promo from him, talking about how last week should have been a great night uh, for him, uh, but there is just this black cloud that is looming over him uh, in Kevin Owens. Not even the fact that Kevin Owens had anything to do with last week, just the fact that Kevin Owens exists is enough for him to be just kept out of reach from everything that he wants in life, which is fully accepted, accepted into the bloodline. And yeah, man, he, I thought he set it up on a tee tonight, Dutch for this big tag team match that we got next week. Um, next week's show is looking really, really great. So make sure to tune in uh, tonight, but I thought this was going to be, uh, I thought this was gonna, uh, a pretty good opening tonight. Uh, uh, Sami Zayn did a great job because again, going back to me getting a concussion tonight and going to ER, you believe what he's saying because they haven't given you a reason to disbelieve. And we all know what's coming. And I mean, it's, it's telegraphed its way out, but yet you still believe what he says. He's actually a good interview anyway on his own yep. and give him some, something to work with that he can get into and he's into this. The fans are into this. And they're really, really uh, interested in it. Next week on SmackDown in Tampa, it will be it will be sold out. Because oh. they got they they promoted it with three with three good angles, three three issues, and it'll plus it's it's SmackDown. So it'll be a great show next week and a great TV next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, SP3, this uh, Chicago crowd was uh, hyped up for Sammy. They were chanting his name before he even got the microphone. And tonight, he w he wasn't shy about calling out the fact that he's over AF right now, which I found very interesting. He kind of put himself over there a little bit more, maybe, than the bloodline tonight. But he did come back around and say, hey, make sure everybody acknowledge the the tribal chief. And to me, you know, I, I try to read into to everything. Again, maybe this comes down to Sammy just starts getting too big of a head for Roman Reigns, and that might end up being the, uh, the the split factor here. But I did think it was interesting that he was not shy about talking about how freaking good he is right now and how over he is. Yeah, it, it was it was almost like a babyface promo in a lot of ways, but just showing that passion, kind of further developing the rivalry with Kevin Owens, talk, calling him the black cloud around him when he's found, you know, loyalty and respect and a family yeah. in the bloodline. And Kevin Owens is always around. And last week was supposed to be a big night for him. And then Kevin Owens had to bring John Cena involved. So, yeah, they really are building this up, not only on this show, but on both shows. Monday's Raw was was dedicated to kind of pushing ahead to this big tag team match on the final SmackDown of the year. I think WWE did an excellent job of building to it. And Sami Zayn, he knocked this promo out the park. For sure. And that led to uh, our Let first... Let me ask you this, guys. Yes, go While ahead. we're talking about this, what's the finish next week? What's going to happen next week? I think John Cena pins Sami Zayn. Yeah, but then what? I mean, that's just in the match. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that only because I. I, I don't know what, what's the point of John Cena getting the win there. I know it's John Cena big return and stuff, but it would make more sense for Kevin Owens to get the win. 
unless Kevin Owens is the reason that Cena pins Sami Zayn. I mean, I'm just saying what I think is going to happen. I think you bring John Cena in to get it, you know, to have him get a pinfall victory and send the crowd home happy. I agree with you. I think Kevin Owens would make more sense. But if you do an angle, kind of like what we saw at, at War Games, where Sammy is the reason why Jay Uso got the pin on Kevin Owens, you could kind of do a reverse around there and have Kevin Owens be the guy who does the majority of the damage that gives Cena the win and still gives Cena the win, and that could work it out. But I get what you're saying. But I do think that's I do think that John Cena is going to pin Sammy Zayn. But I'm always wrong. Like, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Well, I'm, we were going to bring that up. My record is not great this year. I'm I'm going to try to be better in 2023. That's like my first New Year's resolution is to be right more. I think I can bat better than like the 150 average I've had <laughs> so far uh, in 2022 for sure. Uh, so the opening well, promo leads us in. Yes, go ahead. No, I'm saying I think if you leave it down to Sammy and Kevin to where maybe that Kevin is a little reluctant to pin Sammy, and then Cena could get a little hot at him and go in there and get the pin or something along those lines. I think as long as they stay true to the story, which they will, I think you're going to have a – and it may – you know, the people are thinking about it right now because I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there, there's what several different angles they can do with this. There's a lot uh, of different ways that they could go. A lot of different ways. And that's the, that's the way you want an angle – that you can change on a dime. If one of the participants fell over dead, except for Sammy, it, it wouldn't kill it. Sammy's the key to it. Without him, you don't have an angle. All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Uh, that The promo led us into our first matchup of the night, which is the Usos defending the uh, Undisputed Tag Team Championships against Dutch's boys hit row. Usos get the win when they hit the 1D on top dollar. Uh, better showing for Top Dollar in this episode than what we saw last week. Dutch, what'd you think about the opening contest? It was okay, but I, I do like the fact that they worked on the knee. They kept talking about the knee. That's why he yeah. said he missed the move last week. Yeah. I think he missed the move last week because because of eighty pounds, probably that he couldn't clear that fat gut over that top rope. But that's, I do. That's way not. He they like to land and walk away like, yep, that's what it is. That's what it is. It he is he's lost weight recently, and he's hit that move on the Indies a, a billion times, man. So, yeah, yeah I, I believe did, what he says. It's see, a billion times is a little bit, maybe may a little bit. At least a dozen. All right, at least a dozen. <laughs> he's hit it before. All right, it's just. It's it last week sucks so much is because he's teased that so much since he came back, and finally he goes to do it. And then, yeah, just shit, absolutely shit the bed. Yeah, it it, it sucked for him last week, but uh, yeah. But the match match wasn't bad. Match is okay, but but I do like the fact that you know the knee beat him again. They did this twice tonight. They did it with uh, Top Dollar, and then they did it with uh, what's the girl's name? Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, they did it with her arm, except well, she won. She was at least selling it. Uh well we'll talk we about that started on that. Well we'll we'll talk about that here coming up in a few minutes. SP3 uh we talked earlier in the week on another platform about the Usos coming off of a loss on on Monday night, but their MO this year has been when it matters, they come through and tonight they came through and they defended their tag team championships again. What did you think about uh, the opening contest? Uh, it was just fine. 
it was just fine. I, I probably won't remember it in a week from now. Uh, I think I thought that top dollar sold the knee well. I thought Ashanti D. Adonis, he looked good when he got the he hot tag good. and made his comeback. The Usos are the Usos. They're always good. They can't have a bad match, but this was just fine. All right, let's move on to that women's gauntlet match because if there's one thing that Triple H seemingly likes, it's taking six women on SmackDown and putting them in a number one contenders match to determine who's going to lose to Ronda Rousey next. Uh, and in this case, they gave us a gauntlet match. Now, there's a lot of weirdness uh, in this match. Let, let me run down some things and then we'll try to pick off a few of them uh, one at a time. So, Zia Lee, uh, who has done nothing they have done nothing with her since they uh, brought her up over a year ago uh she attacks tegan knox last week for reasons uh she opens up the match this week and defeats emma in in very short order with an incredibly sweet cyclone kick that kick looked great loved it okay so she beats emma here comes tegan knox all right you set up the angle next week let's let's see what these two can do Zaya beats her in about 60 seconds. No fanfare whatsoever. Just in, out, on with life. Now comes Raquel. One arm and all. She's got it. it uh, she's still got a broken elbow. She's got it in a, uh, a brace. It's wrapped up. She beats Zaya Lee. Then she beats Liv. I really did like the matchup between Raquel and Liv. I thought those two worked really well with one another. Uh, and then she beats Sonya in a, uh, with a, a really bad Tejada bomb. Uh, Sonya landed on her butt instead of on her back and it just looked awkward. Chalk it up to shit happens. But then we get Ronda coming out saying, ah, no, 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 no. Because Ronda makes the decisions now, you know, SP3. She says, no, 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 no. It's not a six pack. It's a seven person challenge. You got one more opponent. Here comes Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler comes down, beats on her for about 30 seconds, poses to the crowd and then Raquel rolls her up and, and, and pins her in a full fashion of why the fuck did you even do that? Regardless, Raquel Rodriguez wins the damn match. So she gets her title shot next week on the 30th episode instead of at the Royal rumble that was previously um, rumored to be. So now I have questions about who's actually going to be wrestling Ronda Rousey at the Royal rumble. Uh, but I digress there's a lot of things I'm, I'm confused about, uh, with this uh, match, SP3, let's start with you because the second it was brought up, you rolled your eyes. Uh, what what did you have issues I, with? I did match? notice Sid rolling his eyes. Like uh, that. Yeah. I, did. I mean, uh, all, all the internet up. saw Sid roll. Even people who are watching other programs right now saw Sid roll his eyes. The match. I mean, guys, Zia Lee, I'm a, a big fan of Zia Lee. I think she's very talented. And if WWE cared about her for the past seven months, she's been on the main roster. Maybe I would have been okay with her beating two of the newest acquisitions to the SmackDown Women's Division in Emma and Tegan Knox in a matter of three minutes. Maybe I'd be all right with that if they had pushed her just a little bit, cared little. about her just a little bit. Maybe I'd be convinced that, okay, this is all right. Cyclone kick looked fine, but that's scrapping pretty much the first half of this gauntlet. Then you had the whole Zia Lee and, and Raquel and Raquel selling the arm. Well, that was fine. I thought Raquel and Liv, yeah, that was the highlight of the match. But the Tejada bomb there did not look good. I know she was selling, but it did not look good there. And then the Tejada bomb on uh, Sonya Deville did not look good. But that match was fine with Sonya working over the arm. And then 
they ended off things. It was fine. It was fine. We had the highlight of Liv Morgan and Raquel. Raquel gets the win. She'll get her shot next week, probably lose in short order, or it's probably a DQ finish. I smell DQ finish. <laughs> then you have to put the cherry on top and send Shayna Baszler out there, attacks the arm, and then she starts posing like a dope and gets rolled up like nothing. She didn't even take a move. She just got rolled up. One, two, three. All right, Shayna Baszler, the big muscle, the big number two heel on the SmackDown Women's Division. She's a dope too. So literally, you you have literally just proven that everyone's a dope except for Raquel because she can beat people with one arm. She beat four people with one arm and was we don't, we don't, use, we don't use the term dope here, Sid, because it's. it's Drug influence, so we try. I was to gonna say as clean as we can. Sid uses it twice, you know, in two different ways in his, uh, you know, everyday. But still, um, that was my SP three. That was my big issue uh, with this. Is honestly the the booking of this entire match didn't make sense. Talking about, I don't know what the hell. First off, they're doing with Emma or Tegan Knox because it made no sense for them to be out inside of two and a half minutes. It huh? should be telling them bye. What they should be telling. I, I don't agree with that assessment whatsoever, but the way that they have been booked since they re-signed with the company does uh, it's it's baffling to me. But having Raquel, who has a broken elbow, beat four women makes absolutely no sense to me. None whatsoever. If anything, I'd she have beat four women. She beat four women with one arm. If anything. I would either, if you're gonna do if you're doing something with Zia Lee, have her go longer than two opponents and three minutes before you have her get beat by Raquel. Or if you're gonna try to highlight Liv Morgan, because obviously they were, that was the longest match that we saw of this gauntlet, have her beat three women, be exhausted out of her damn mind for a one-armed Raquel, and then put on that kind of match and have Raquel fall into the victory basically like she did where she hit that modified Tejada bomb off of the Oblivion. She countered it. That's why it, it looked awkward. That would have been more accept acceptable to me instead of just saying, here's our entire SmackDown women's roster. Let's have them lose to a one-armed woman. I think it would have made more sense if you had Liv beat three of them, be exhausted, have that match with Raquel, and then Raquel overcomes her. And then if you want to do the angle with Shayna, it's still stupid, but okay, fine. The the structure of this match did not work for me at all. I don't understand what they're doing with the other five women in this matchup tonight. Dutch, you've heard all points of view. What do you have to say about it? I agree with you. That's I a rarity. <laughs> I agree with you, but I love the match. <laughs> now, what I didn't like about it is Liv getting beat because she was starting to get over it. And those are the little things that happen that derail a talent's push. Uh, is doing stuff like that just just to fit into that match because she has a lot of fans. I think she has more fans than any of the other girls out there, uh, except for maybe uh, the two heels. I think you know heels have fans too, but it, it was out of context, out of sync, and nobody's going to remember it anyway. But uh, but her, uh, the girl winning with the broken arm, the broken elbow, or whatever she has, uh, it's not believable. I don't know why they would do that. And 
the uh, the other issue that I had with this match, and and maybe I'm maybe I'm off base, Dutch. You would know better than me. Um, you mentioned Raquel selling the elbow. I wanted to see her sell the elbow more. Like I really think she could have leaned into that harder. She has a broken elbow, and she's still going through a lot of her motions and lifting up power bombs with with ease. And there was like she's put in the rings of Saturn, right? And I'm just sitting here. I'm like going. Can you can you really like lean into it? Just she's she has a lot of talent. She's very good. But I think if she works on her her selling and the emotions and the other little things in the ring, that's what's really going to take her to the next level. I would have liked to have seen more selling out of her tonight if she's supposed to have a broken elbow and she's wrestling four different women. Well, what I would do to, to accent that elbow is for her just to land or they get a hold and she just taps because she can't take the elbow anymore. Just that's say, probably I, what's going to happen next week. Because that's believable. And she doesn't have to get pinned, doesn't have to pin anybody else. But that would advance somebody. Now, who who, who was the one who followed uh, Liv in the ring? That would have been Sonya Deville. Okay. Then I would have put Liv, I would have, I would have pushed Liv in this one. Yeah. And then go against, uh, she going against Ronda next week? Yeah, so it'll be Raquel and Ronda next week. And they're that's, going anyway, don't you think? Live yeah, the- I mean, yeah, they were always going to be going this direct. Ever since that uh, Raquel got attacked backstage and they took out Shotzi, that this was the direction they were going. There were rumors it was going to be Raquel and uh, Ronda at Royal Rumble, but the fact that they're doing it next week and they're really pushing next week as a can't-miss show makes me wonder if somebody else is going to be showing up next week, finally to return ahead of, of WrestleMania season, whether it's Charlotte or, or anybody else they might have up their sleeve. Cause you're right, Dutch. Look, I don't think the issue on SmackDown is a lack of talent. I think all the women have talent. The issue they have is they have a lack of women who are over with the audience right now. They have, they have Rhonda, they have live and, Shayna a little bit but the, other than that it's nobody nobody knows who these women are they're not invested in them I mean the 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 piped in crowd noise tonight was yes. obvious I was gonna obvious. say that that was the worst uh example of them having piped in crowd noise when it was quite obvious this crowd was dead for this bad they had to sit through last week's show and then you know they had yeah. to sit through an hour before you get through this uh gauntlet and it's just like they were they were absolutely dead during that portion with raquel and uh sonia lace evans evans is waiting at the door they could do they, something with her, but I think they kind of killed her. They went backwards with her. They took her back to what she was doing before. It was just like, what are we doing? Now they're trying to make her a patriot again. I mean. And she's not making any friends on, on social media. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they ran that vignette this week. What, what, what do you mean she's not making friends on social media? She oh. pissing people off? Uh-huh. You want to tell, tell them, Rick? Um. Yeah. So basically, I, I guess what happened was, all right, because I was in and out, but I guess that she posted or t- retweeted some videos online that basically, I'm paraphrasing here, autism didn't exist until like 10 years ago or something like that. Like uh, autism is basically a, a made up thing is basically what a lot of people were getting at. Am I right about that, Sid? That's pretty much where it's at. Um, yeah. And then she got a ton of heat for that. 
said really it was about said really what it was about is she said it was some, some video for like organic nutrition or some stuff like that that she was retweeting and then people started tweeting a photo of her holding a box of corn dogs it was a whole big thing uh that happened and yeah uh I, that's all i could remember the bits and pieces because the second i yeah, saw it out there i just basically it's basically she made claims that uh autism is not real and she denied autism and basically shared videos that shared that rhetoric that is quite ignorant and yes. has been proven incorrect yeah so yeah she didn't make a whole lot of friends on, on social media uh this week yeah did you have it did you have any points at all no i mean I'm on, I'm no it was it's a it's a it was sharing of an old video that's yeah. already been basically you know disproven well you can't believe anything now by you saying it been disproven it could be disproven in some areas but somebody else could say that's the truth but who knows that's are you I, telling me people lie on the internet like people who would be strolling down a street in, uh, you know, Nashville and claim to be hit by a rock. And I don't know why that kind of <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I sent him a tweet and I said, hey, you, you need to stop that crap. That and Zeb Coulter was always a lying I, son of I a... Think, I think he's pissed at me. So, but I don't care. I don't like him anyway. So All right. So to, to put a bow on this. This is one of the things that I hope Triple H really works on in, in 2023, because a lot of this to me, the crux of this match to me is like, hey, holiday show, we need to kill a half hour. Let's put seven women out there and, you know, take up some time and also set up a number one contender. I get why the match was there. Could have been executed better, in my opinion. Overall, I didn't think the wrestling was bad outside of a, a few spots. But can we get back to actually focusing on character work for these women and not just continuously roll through. Hey, here's a six pack challenge. Let's determine who's going to lose to Ronda next. Hey, here's a gauntlet match. Here are six, the same six women. Whose turn is it this week? It's like they're playing Russian roulette every week. Just spin the wheel and okay. It's Liv's turn. Okay. It's Raquel's turn. And we're just biding our time until Ronda Rousey fights Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That's just really what it seems like they're doing right now. Instead of, Oh, I don't know having Zia Lee win a few matches over the course of eight weeks and then set her up as a credible challenger or the same with Emma or the same with Tegan Knox or whatever the hell you're trying to do with Liv Morgan right now which is, is she in a tag team? Is she not in a tag team? Is she still a singles competitor? I don't know. She's lost four out of her last eight matches, but she's crazy. So it's okay. I, I, they've done nothing with her being crazy. Yeah, she just smiles when she gets her ass kicked now. Like she literally, they, she, she literally, she literally told Raquel, "I'm sorry," before she kicked her in the arm. Yeah, so, I mean that's a total babyface move. I don't know about crazy Liv Morgan anymore. Anybody that was very enthused about that, I don't know if that is the same direction they're going. Uh, Steven asking, uh, how many women from NXT are going to the main roster to help improve the women's division? Um, I would say toxic attraction, especially after the uh, events of the past week, seems like a, a slam dunk to help out the tag team division. Chelsea Green is reportedly on her way back. That's going to make Dutch Mantel very happy. Um, oh, that's, that's, that's a big, big win for them. That girl's yeah. very I agree. I agree. I thought, I thought she would have been great for them the until she got hurt. TNA when I, we, we made her the bride who got you know, deserted at the altar. And yeah. then we went about a, a five weeks with it and she was getting over like a, you could just feel it. 
And all of a sudden they said, no, we got we got to take her away from that. I said, why? Oh, it's, it's just, it's, it's getting old. I said, and that even got started yet. <laughs> so we had a big argument about that because I was about ready to leave anyway. So I said, hey, do what you want to do with it. I'm out of here. Uh, Chris says Becky versus catering, catering, the food and catering got bad. So I said, That's screw it, I'm leaving. Chris says Becky versus Rhea at WrestleMania. Uh, I wouldn't be mad at it. I don't see it happening personally. I do think uh, Rhea has a chance to be in a title match at WrestleMania, but I think it's going to be against Bianca Belair. At least I hope that's the direction that they go. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about our weekly Bray Wyatt segment tonight. He comes down. Fireflies are out. Says LA Knight owes him an apology. He even calls out the audience. He said, look, let's be honest. Y'all thought it was me now. Y'all thought I was Uncle Howdy. And then he just stops mid promo. And I, for a second, I legit thought that he just, he effed up. Like I thought he got lost and he was apologetic to the crowd. You, you Mark, I bought it for a half second. I'm like, this is what the hell are you doing? Like just talk, you know, the, the, the people, same thing with them. I thought he said he forgot his life. He forgot where he was going, but it was actually, again, it was actually believable. And, then you wonder what's going on. Then he attacks the cameraman. Yeah, which I liked because he put him in the mandible claw, which means he's keeping that in his arsenal. I always thought that was a perfect fit, so I was happy to see that. But this is another one of those things, SP3, where it's like, I don't know what is going on with Bray Wyatt from a week-to-week basis. They are definitely keeping us guessing, and it's at least right now keeping me interested. I know there are people who are thinking that this is starting to drag out a little too much, and they want to see Bray in action. Maybe we're, we'll get there sooner rather than later. What did you make out of what you saw from Bray Wyatt tonight? Uh, I don't know if anybody can go back and watch it, but if I'm not mistaken, usually with Bray Wyatt, when he's cutting his promos, he'll have the lights down and it'll be kind of like a purple bluish tint to it. But it, as in the middle of his promo, it turned to the red, the red that's known for the Fiend character. And then that's when he stopped and he started just like getting possessed again. And then he puts the mandible claw on the, on the cameraman. So that's how I interpret it is that he got possessed by, by the fiend in that, in that moment, because I have to go back and watch it. You know, we're we're doing this immediately after watching both shows, but the the thing that I peeped in, in watching it was, I was like, why, why is the color? It's a, it's a reddish color. I was like, that's different from how it usually is. And then he attacked them and stuff. I was like, I liked it. It was very intriguing to it. But it, it did feel like it was kind of like a segment to keep things interesting, to keep you more intrigued just, than being the kind of the big thing like w- what we got last week. Just kicking that can down the road. But that's why you're on this show is because I didn't catch that. I completely missed that. I do want to go back and check that out now. Dutch, you, what missed did you-, that? You, you missed the red tent? Oh, yeah. Missed it completely. Well, I did too, but very <laughs> observant. Very observant. That's why he's the best. Yep, he is. What do you think about it, Dutch? What What did you make of uh, Mr. Bray? I think, you know, I bitched and complained about just just running through things so fast. Then when it slows down, people said, "Oh, it's, now it's getting." We got to get. But he hadn't even worked. He hadn't worked the angle yet. You know, the angle's still with with Knight there, and then he 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 will advance. So, no need throwing it all at him right here at Christmas. They're just content feeling, feeling, uh, feeling right now. 
yeah. and and keeping him they're keeping him he's kind of warmed up so they're keeping him at simmer till they get ready to bust him and then they'll do something definitely felt like a christmas show but at least they did keep some things moving tonight. Ray Mysterio was back in action, as was Angel. Always great to see Angel. I'd like to see more of him on uh, my television screen. Um, Ray Mysterio winning this match with a 619 and a springboard DDT. That's a nice little addition. I like that tonight. Nice and different for him. Uh, so Ray picks up the win. Good match. Ray looks as good as ever. You had um, Karrion Cross and Scarlet looking on their Dutch. And then the real big setup was Emma fresh off of her ass kicking, going up to Scarlet, saying, don't you disrespect Ray? And did you catch it? She said Riddick, not Madcap. She said Riddick tonight. Uh, and to her credit, smack the ever-living shit uh, out of Scarlet tonight. And then Karrion Cross said something to the effect of, you just made the biggest mistake of your life. So it looks like we're going to be getting that mixed tag team match, Karrion Cross, Scarlet, and... I guess Riddick Moss now, Madcap Riddick Moss, whatever the hell they're going to call him, and Emma at some point. So they're finally progressing this story that they got going on with Emma here. Uh, and Rey Mysterio is also involved. Uh, Dutch, uh, what would you think tonight? I thought it sucked. <laughs> Tell you the truth. They're standing up in the crowd and with a big spotlight on them like, hey, don't miss us. We're out here. Okay, we got that. And then in the back, she goes up and then she slaps Scarlet. And Scarlet just, and you think somebody gets slapped, you know, somebody would grab somebody. Nobody grabbed nothing. Uh, no, Carrion did pull her back a little bit. Yeah, well, it was passively aggressive. Uh, <laughs> can I use that word? Like slap you, but nothing happens. You know, now they try to. I think this Scarlet and Karrion Cross deal, that's getting old quick. He hadn't done nothing at all. He's not scary when he talks. It's like he, it's normal conversation. But I don't know what, what the big deal with the guy is. Is he getting over with you, uh, Rick? Uh, I... I I knew that. He said no. So, Sid, let me ask I, you. I, look, I like Karrion a lot. I like him as a person, and I like him as a performer. I do want to see more out of him. I'm I'm waiting. I'm so waiting big. for that breakthrough. He, he's been okay since he's come back. He he's has been, been okay. He's been okay. I want to see more out of him. I was intrigued with this whole angle with Rey Mysterio where he's basically standing over him like he's a, a wounded dog that he needs to put out of his misery. But now SP3, they're they're going back to the the Emma, and now they're doing multiple things with them. I I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, on one hand, it's it's cool that he has like multiple things going on. I guess yeah. that they're setting up for I guess weeks of television coming up because I don't think him carrying cross versus Rey Mysterio is going to be like a pay per view match. I can see it being a big match on television, yeah. but I can't see it being like a pay per view match. But uh, it'll be something. It's more or less a holdover feud, really, for Rey because we know by the time WrestleMania comes, he should be in something with Dominic by that time to. to to blow off that angle so yeah i i don't think that it's anything that's going to be long term i thought it was something to give carrying cross like his biggest win next to his win against drew mcintyre another big win for him being another 
former world champion, and that would have been good for him. But going, taking two steps back and feuding with Madcap, Riddick, I don't care. It's still the same guy, and um, he hasn't he hasn't impressed me that much. He's just shrugged. And Emma... He, he, he's impressed me zero. And, and Emma, they've literally valued her down. Each and yeah. every week she's been on the... I've seen it. She's a loser. That's how they've defined her. They she's defined her... She's a loser. She, she just won a loses match? all the time. I don't know. I don't know if she's won a match yet. And she's not ready. I mean, her, her talent level is, it should be a lot better than what it is right now. I, I don't think she's had a chance to even showcase her talent me level. Either. I don't, Rick, I don't think anybody asked you. Did you ask <laughs> me? Uh, look, both her and Tegan Knox, you, you can shit on them <laughs> if you want, Dutch. I know how talented they are. They haven't had a chance to show it yet. And that's, one of the things that irritates me about this SmackDown women's division right now. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying WWE doesn't know what to do with Karrion Cross. That's kind of an issue across the board because they bring back 14, 15 people, which is great. I'm happy they're back in the company. But how many of them have been brought back and there really seems to be a solid plan in place long term for what they're doing with them? One? Bray? <laughs> One? Yeah. Even damage control. Like, there was no plan for them when they came in. None whatsoever. Like, no. there is a plan for the period. There's a plan for Braun Strowman. We see we see he's in the main event. He's in the mix. He's been feuding with Gunther and Imperium. They have a plan for him to keep him in a upper mid-card position, but it's been Bray and Braun and everybody else that, that that's returned. And that's not a good percentage when two out of 20 you bring <laughs> back you have effectively positioned. And I understand the, the, the counter argument. Oh, you know, he didn't hire all these guys back to be a world champion. That's totally fine. Just put them in a position that is that you can, that we can see some yeah. long-term growth or some progression. These people just coming back and just becoming losers or becoming like the furniture. And they've been here for a while when they just came back a week ago. It's that's an issue. Yeah. It is. And hey, it, I'm it's gonna, I want to stop appearing here with you two guys. You guys are just too negative for me. I'm going to take take a couple of drinks. All right. well, well, how about some positivity for this uh, for this uh, Christmas season? All right, let's talk about Braun Strowman and the miracle on the 34th Street fight tonight. Positivity. Look, this was stupid, but I laughed, man. There there were a couple of spots here that I thought were so stupid they were hilarious. The New Day coming out as nutcrackers to me. The toy soldiers that turned into nutcrackers that popped me ricochet uh, with the mistletoe and getting a kiss from uh, Samantha tonight and leveling up like he got a mushroom in Super Mario Brothers. That was hilarious to me. This was harmless to me. This was harmless fun. It was a, it was a house show main event, but considering it's a Christmas show, it's pre-taped. I'm fine with it. Like this tonight was just fun for me. I didn't care about the result. I, I just enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, we did have uh, Giovanni get uh, busted open. I think he got cut open by a Christmas tree. Uh, so that's a story he's going to have for a while. But I enjoyed did, this man tonight. Didn't they say he got cut open with a punch? I, I might have missed that one, but he got chucked into some pine, and then all of a sudden he stands up, <laughs> and he's he's bleeding like he just got, you know, tackled by a middle linebacker. So, yeah, I think he got cut open on a Christmas tree. Those things are sharp now. I had you know, fun with this, Dutch. What about you? No, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the match. 
I'm just not a big fan of Strowman. Never have been. Because big guys, you got to, they're the most sensitive of all because he can't, he can't sell too much because he's so big. How tall is that guy? Six, seven, six, six. Roughly. Yeah. Okay. But sometimes when you miss with the big guy, there's no, there's no redo. I mean, those guys are really hard to, they're kind of hard to get over and hard to keep over unless they're like Kane or Undertaker or something like that in a, in a major spot. He's not in that spot. Six, and eight, I, I, huh? Six, eight, 385 pounds. You were okay. close. And that's an awful big guy. But when you mess with them, it's hard to, I've done it. I've, I've taken big guys and tried to do something with them. And then all of a sudden, but, but as long as the people like him, that's, that's the barometer to this. I'm not, I'm not the judge. The fans are. And he's and over with the live crowds. They, they will use him. I mean, if they were falling out of their seats when he came out there, you know, then they would be doing a lot more with him. I think we're not seeing what the creative team is seeing or the booker is seeing on these live sh- uh, house shows. And they're listening to the people and seeing what they're going to do. Because I've said, if you watch the temperature in the room, it will kind of tell you where to go with them. Yeah. And it is hard to judge sometimes on TV how loud or the, you know, the reaction in the room, it's often muted or quieted on television. Uh, so it is hard for us to judge on a, on a base to, uh, you know, week to week basis, but we can also see the live crowd in person. And when nobody's moving and you know, we're getting <laughs> coming over, it's like, all right, y'all pipe that shit in uh, SP three. You uh, said there's uh seems like there's a clear plan for Braun Strowman. Do we believe that, will include him taking the Intercontinental Championship uh, off of Gunther because, as Steven says here, it appears that's the direction that they're going to be going at some point. These two are going to battle for the IC title. If rumors are to be believed that Gunther and Brock Lesnar is on the table for WrestleMania 39, um, Gunther should not not only not lose to Braun Strowman, he should not be running away from Braun Strowman if he's going to be fighting Brock Lesnar, who's an even bigger, badder dude than Strowman is. Uh, what, what what do you think the plans are for Gunther and Braun moving forward here? Uh, in a perfect world, we would get Gunther versus Brock, and we would have Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion. You can make it a non-title match. You can make it for the Intercontinental title. I doubt it being for the Intercontinental title, but in a perfect world, you keep Gunther strong and keep him on the roll that he's on after last week's excellent match that we talked about last week, Dutch. But I would say this match, overall, it was fun, and as far as uh, Braun and Gunther... I think that I'm not going to be surprised when Braun Strowman is the guy that dethrones Gunther, unfortunately. If they're going to go into this Brock Lesnar match, I don't see them keeping the Intercontinental Championship on Gunther, unfortunately. Uh, Andrew Wilson saying, do a triple threat match for the IC title. Haven't we already seen a triple threat match with Braun and Brock together at some point? I feel like that's a match that, that already happened, but... Yeah, we've seen it with Kane. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a little, little different with Gunther. Yeah, yeah, that might actually be good. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Dutch. What were you going to say? I think they, they're going to go with Gunther. He's got too much potential, guys, to be playing around and dropping crap to Strowman. And 
because I think he's he's a unique character. I've said this before. He's the Johnny Valentine of the present day, and it takes him a while to get over, but it only takes him about three seconds to lose that, you know, that stigma or that magnetism around him. I would keep him as strong as I could, because it was. It's only been three, four months ago. They said they we they have no heels. They have no heels now. When they get a heel, why would they put him in there for? And let Strowman beat him. Strowman, I don't think would draw you a dime. But Gunther will. I mean, he could make a lot of baby faces and not lose. Look, he I, actually made uh, Ricochet. Yeah, they, they famous him and beat him. I think this Gunther has a unique talent, and I wouldn't be playing around with having him put over Strowman or anything. And then when you run him. Because that's the way you want him. When you run him up against Brock Lesnar, you want the people saying, "All right, now what are they going to do?" Exactly. But if you have, if you have, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have people that, see him get beat. That that's how that that's how that matchup makes sense. Is you literally have Gunther beat the biggest, baddest dudes in the yard, and you set it up as, well, who can stop this guy? Well, okay, here's Brock Lesnar, who loves a fight, who loves a challenge, is going to step up to the yard, and it's like, all right, let's see these two big boys go at it. And the idea of Brock Lesnar challenging for the Intercontinental Championship alone intrigued me, whoever the hell has it. Uh, so, yeah, I, you, you can sign me up for, for that right now. And if, if, if Gunther is still unbeaten and he goes out there and he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, well, now you've made him. Now you've made him a main event main card level guy and you have now set him up to go against Roman Reigns if that's a direction that you want to go in depending on heel baby face situation so you can give me the match you can give me Strowman and Gunther but I'm with you Dutch I think uh, Gunther needs to hang on uh, to that championship belt all right let's dive into Dutch's favorite show of the week it's AEW Rampage which opened up by putting both Dutch and I to sleep tonight with this $300,000 trios, battle, royal, holiday, Christmas extravaganza. Um, I did love the finish to this. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, the crowd really hyped up when Hangman Adam Page hit the ring and, and continued his his uh, broad stroke attacks on, uh, on, on John Moxley, and that's what got him eliminated from the match. And then you had the two remaining guys from Top Flight uh, and, and Claudio, and those guys just really worked well together for this finish a big win for top flight tonight i they, they set up some storyline stuff before maybe it's the fact that i've been up since 11 45 last night but my goodness i'm just sitting here i'm like don't, don't blame it don't blame let, it let, let's ramp this up here a little bit dutch what did you think about the opening match tonight till the finish it sucked i didn't even know what they were doing <laughs> because they got four guys on commentary again it's kind of hard to hear them and I thought it was just like a battle royal. Then I find out it's a trios battle royal. Yeah. Then I find out to the end that it's three hundred thousand dollars prize money. I'm thinking, wait a minute, people are not gonna believe three hundred thousand dollars. I think they're trying to say, well, this is this is a real deal. Who who was it sponsored by? Who was it sponsored uh, by? the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's who it was sponsored by. Uh, Tony it Khan's was, already spending they, his bonus they, money because. Because they're going to they, win the AFC they, South. A gambling deal, didn't they? 
Oh, maybe DraftKings. Yeah, sure. Well, they may have, and that kind of covered that up. They got about $300,000 of my money by themselves. The Page thing was good. <laughs> the Hangman Page is kind of believable because he's doing the same thing. He's trying to get at him. He's pulling them apart, pulling them apart, pulling them apart. So. And, and you had John Moxley on Wednesday, and I'm, I'm telling you this because I know you don't watch Dynamite, but you had John Moxley on Wednesday say, hey, Hangman Page, you know where the hell I'm going to be on Friday. Mm -hmm. And then Hangman Page is like, Damn right, I know where you're going to be on Friday. And he comes down there and tries to get him some SP3. He, he also said it's not his fault that he got knocked out. What you think I was trying to do Dude. when I clotheslined you? Was that I was trying to so comb good. your hair? Oh, man. That was John, so good. John Moxley. And no Fs given. John Moxley is is, is awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I... I, I mean, I might be in the minority and the minority here, but this was one of the only things on this show that I actually enjoyed. Uh, I think AEW, the one thing, the one thing that that they do with battle royals, it's a lot of good and bad to it. The bad is that this was an absolute mess, and I didn't know what was going on. They yeah. could have had a second to explain the rules and start off with just two trios. I think they started off with like three trios in the ring, so I was already confused on what was going on. I was like, so is you're it saying, like the Royal Rumble? Is it not? I don't know what's going on. How many minutes or seconds between How many teams were fighting? Like they I, just don't, I don't know what's going on at all. You mentioned it barely on Dynamite, and then you did. You just started into the match at the beginning of the show. I was they just started it. Yeah, yeah. That it it was a mess. But when it actually got to all the teams involved, I love that the fact with all AEW Battle Royals, they do a lot of setup or progressing of ongoing feuds. You had kind of the uh, progression of Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy with him eliminating them and then brawling to the back. You had uh, Preston Vance going face-to-face -face with the Dark Order for the first time since he turned on the group. You had the setup for what I think should be an ROH World Championship match in 2023 with Claudio Castanoli and Roosh and you heard the crowd kind of react to that matchup and they want to see that one so you also got that there and they also set up John Moxley and Claudio Castanoli versus Top Flight on Dynamite this Wednesday you had the whole Moxley and Hangman Page progression at the end there and it, and I think it, in the end it really put over Top Flight and that was a that was a good highlight it was a surprise winner because when I saw this Battle Royal announced on Dynamite I automatically was like well it's going to be the dark it's going to Come down Dark Order and Blackpool Combat Club, and then a new team completely won. So I like the fact that it was a surprise winner. So there was a lot of things I did like uh, outside of the opening 10 to 12 minutes was a mess. All yep. agreed there. Yeah, absolute mess. Um, but and that's what I got you it going. That's what you try to avoid in TV is a mess at the beginning. Because if it's a mess, where are the people going to go? They're going to they're gonna go. Yeah. Uh, I would have left if I could have. I just couldn't. I was just held hostage to this show. But you want it you wanted hot starting out and at the half hour mark. Because you don't want the people channel surfing. Yeah. And, but and the look, was good and see that stuff you saw, you're a bigger fan of it than I am. But see, none of it held me. If I'm a new fan, which is what you have to get. You gotta always look for new fans, but see, I didn't understand it from the beginning. Yeah, I like they understood it. They understood it, but I didn't. Like I said, they they should have started off with just two trios, and smartly they should have probably started off with the Blackpool Combat Club in the match from the very beginning.
because that would have made people instantly interested in it, yeah. having Moxley and Claudio in there, maybe have them in there with like Rouge and uh, Dralistico and Preston Vance. So you still get the story beats that they wanted to get across in the uh, in with the other bits there. But they should have probably started off with Blackpool Combat Club in there from the very beginning. I did like it, Top Flight getting it, the win. It didn't pick up. It didn't pick up to it was Moxley, Claudio, and the other two guys. Yeah. When they started, then Hangman Page came. Now it, yeah, it opened up. Then that's actually when it started for me, because now you had some stuff going on, and what team won this? What, what was the top name? flight? Top, top flight did, and I like that. Um, look, if you're gonna put top flight over Blackpool Combat Club, Battle Royal is a perfect place to do it. Uh, yeah. You know. I like, I like them protecting Claudio and Moxley with the way they got eliminated. Claudio yeah. basically was fighting two guys for like yeah. five minutes. And he literally, it literally just came down to them just figuring out a way to kind of outsmart him to get him eliminated. He's so damn good. I love watching him wrestle. Uh, we got to see House of Black uh, on the video screen uh, for a little bit, uh, planting seeds of deceit. SP3 between Eddie and uh, Ortiz, or I guess that's what they were attempting to do. Yeah, uh, basically uh, questioning the loyalty of Ortiz to Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston being the most paranoid man in the world, instantly believing everything they said because they did they did stop from attacking Ortiz during their attack a couple of weeks ago. So there is some basis to go there. So I, it's it's oh, not play, playing well for, for Eddie Kingston's psyche, which is never his biggest strength. How how well do you know Eddie, Sid? I've I've known of him and seen him on the independent scene here on the East Coast for like a decade. Just to sit down and talk to him, he's hilariously, I mean, he's interesting just to sit and talk to him. But you don't know what he's going to say. Friendly as he can be, if he likes you, he's like everybody else, if he likes you. You know, but we had him in TNA. I loved him. He, he went out there and do an, inter, do an interview one time. I'd never heard him talk. I went, why? And I had just gotten there. I said, why didn't you let this guy start talking more? And they said, well, we didn't know it either. They just <laughs> put him out there, and he goes out there, and he busts this interview out of the clear. I don't think anybody told him what to say, but great talker. I, lo I love Eddie. And another thing about Eddie is – you kind of believe him too. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's 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 what it is. If you can get them to believe you, or feel for you, and touch them here, touch them in the heart, you got them. Well, I think he is probably one of the guys who connects the best with the audience in, in all of AEW. He just seems he talks, like he 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 talks with them. He don't talk to them. He talks with them. It's like he's an old buddy. I, I think a lot of people see a lot of themselves in Eddie Kingston as well. And I think that's what, you know, really uh, kind of gravitates them uh, toward him. Uh, tonight, the thing that pissed me off the most is we had Jay Cargill to be, uh, beat uh, Vert Vixen in a match that was 90% a commercial break tonight. Uh, we literally saw the opening match, picture in picture. Then they cut away. Then we come back. We see Jade hit her with a big kick and the match is over. Why the fuck did you even bother putting this match on television if you ain't going to show people the damn match? Jesus. But anyway, <laughs> Jake Cargill goes to 45. That is true. I mean, oh, my God. I'm like, what the? 
I didn't even watch the match because I knew who was going to win. Well, yeah, everybody. I know what Cargill can do, and the other girl was just in there, and you know that. You know that from the beginning, so... I would have liked to have seen. I would have watched, liked to have watched this match because I'd like to see more out of Burt Vixen because that's the reason to watch this match is to see what she can do. And they gave her a lengthy match, more than you know uh, other women have gotten against Jade Cargill. So I would like to have seen what she would have done. But they put the whole thing on commercial break. All we saw was Jade Cargill beat the shit out of her in the opening match, then come back and kick her in the face, and it was over. It was like, well, that was it. Hope the live crowd enjoyed that because we didn't see a damn thing. <sighs> I agree. Hey, Will. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just want them to have a feud for Jade Cargill. Can they figure out what no they're doing with Jade Cargill? This is literally kicking the can down the road to get her to one year as CBS <laughs> champion. They are literally doing nothing to set up anything for Jade Cargill. And this match, in my opinion, we're at the point where if she's against someone like Vert Vixen, who I think is very talented, but never been on television before, would be considered someone of an unknown jade it would have been more effective jade just came out hit her with the pump kick one two three that would have been more effective than what we yeah. saw giving them five minutes with three minutes in commercial is not an effective use of time hey who was the girl she's kind of a, a bigger girl not gonna say and they just signed her not too long ago she had talking about willow nightingale yeah what happened to her she was in a backstage segment tonight uh, with Ruby Soho, and she kind of, okay. she kind of stole the show. I, I, I love Willow, where she's just I like, mean, "Come on, you get over, get a fist pump, get a fist pump." Yeah, like, Willow Nightingale's fucking great. Um, <laughs> I would be fine if if they tried to set up Willow Nightingale to be the person that finally dethrones Jade Cargill, but something tells me here, SP3, we don't. They're not setting anything up for Jade Cargill because the next person who's going to be maybe feuding with Jade Cargill maybe isn't in the company yet, possibly. Somebody who might be able to match star power for star power uh, with Jade Jade Cargill, possibly, maybe, sort of. I would say if they possibly would get Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, whatever you want to call them, Mercedes Banks, if they want to get her, that is great. That would be a huge acquisition, one of the biggest acquisitions in this company's career. But I think it would be a damn mistake if you immediately have a feud with Jay Cargill. You build. That's the match you build to. If you want to have her come in and face Britt Baker, that kind of seems like the MO of people just coming in. <laughs> so that's fine. I think that's the big star that you would put against Sasha Banks just coming in. Jade, you wait because that's the match that can give Jade kind of her star-making performance uh chris bringing up a point here what about red velvet right we we've seen her kind of making the uh the sp3-esque eye rolls in the past couple of weeks uh these are two that have feuded before in the past before red velvet uh joined up and and became one of the baddies that might be a direction that they they could go in as well but i don't see red velvet being the one that beats jade cargill that 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 again continues to kick the can uh down ask, the road ask me Ask me that Dutch, question. What do, you, what do you think they do with Jade Cargill? Oh, you said, uh, ask me, do I think that the girl should beat Cargill? Do you think that she should beat Cargill? Hell no. <laughs> oh, but hell no. Uh, which which girl? Because we brought up like three different options. 
Well, let me, what are they doing with Paige? Is she going to wrestle or no? Yeah, so she's got a big tag match coming up on January 11th. She beat Dr. Britt Baker uh, at Full Gear. That was her first match back. And now the, her second match is going to be January the 11th on Dynamite. It is going to be a tag team match. It is Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter against Soraya and a mystery opponent that a lot of people are speculating is either going to be Tony Storm or the the pipe dream, which may not be a pipe dream, of Sasha Banks making her AEW debut. So, You think that'll help them? Yes, I do. I think it'll help them. But do you think it will help them noticeably? I mean, yes, I do. I do. Ask me. Dutch, do you think Sasha Banks will noticeably help AEW? Oh, she'll help them. But what you going to add? Half a million viewers? Hell no. 100,000? Maybe first time. Might get a little bump there. But I don't know. But they got this girl at 45 and 0. Cargill, right? So they're going to have to get somebody with a name to go up against her. And now. Or you get an upstart with some momentum, but you don't have that person right now. Unless it's Chris Statlander, unless they're waiting for Statlander to come back, but she's going to be out for quite a little bit more. So. Yeah. Willow, Willow's the best option because she right has now. kind of the established story already of losing to Jade twice. And then uh, the before the second time, Jade kind of mentioned, like, oh, I already beat you. You, know, you should go to the back of the line. And then she got a little bit closer, lost again. And it kind of fits in the AEW kind of story arcs that they do with kind of these underdogs against the established talent, like Darby losing three times before finally beating Cody for the TNT championship or stuff like that, they can kind of mirror that with Willow finally beating Jay for the CBS championship. I'm a big Willow fan. Uh, I like her a lot too. Uh Chris asking about I don't I don't think I don't think Tony Khan can pay her enough money. She's doing about a hundred thousand a month on that on that deal she's she gonna make a million in a week. In a week. A week. A million in a week. She made five hundred thousand dollars within four days of getting canned she's making this loads of cash i do think i do think i do think aew is an option for her if she wants to wrestle on top of what she's getting because tony khan don't give a fuck about (laughs) about these third party sites he doesn't care because half of his women's roster have them uh so obviously he's cool with it i think aew is an option for mandy rose if she wants to continue wrestling but i don't think mandy rose is going to be okay let's talk just a second Yes. WWE got rid of Mandy Rose because of her, her fans-only site. Yes. What was she doing? SP3, you want to do the breakdown? You're, you're the one who did the deep dive research on, on what Mandy Rose was, was putting up there. Well, I did a thorough investigation of the content that she was posting on her third-party site. That is not uh, only fans. It is fan time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very grueling for me to even recap what I was, uh, you know, had to see. It went against her WWE agreement, WWE's agreement with Mattel and every common decency that I have as a as a happily taken man. But what I did see was Mandy Rose naked in a in a pool 
uh, fully naked, completely naked in a pool. No, no, no sensory, no filters. Uh, I did see Mandy Rhodes naked in a shower, but her private parts were were slightly hidden, and uh, her significant other was in the shower with her, and his private parts were hidden by her posterior. Uh, and I also saw, you know, her top nipple, and I saw uh, her her butt in different positions. No sexual acts. Simulated. I saw simulated sexual acts being done. But that was enough for them to dump her from WWE. Apparently so. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dutch, you know this better than anybody. If Because there was mention of Mattel. If a sponsor like that comes along and says, hey, we can't have that. Yeah. That, that's all she wrote. Like That's the, that's, that's the end of the day. That's it. Sponsors yep. went out. That's she is making much more money there than she's making WWE. That's for damn show. And um, a lesser schedule, I guess. Yeah, she makes her own hours, literally. <laughs> so yeah. good for her. And, and she's running her donut business with uh, with with Sony Deville. So she's got she's got plenty of irons in the fire right now. She don't need to wrestle, but she might want to. Who knows? All right, well, we are. Waiting. She, likes, she likes wrestling because it keeps her name out there. That's true. 100%. And it doesn't get paid to do it. I mean, Free advertisement. As herself, they're doing it for her. So, hell, WWE did her, did her a favor by releasing her. She like yeah, quadrupled yeah. Her, her subscribers. That story went everywhere. That's a fucking billboard at free advertising right there. They made her a million dollars by releasing her. Yeah. Don't you know everybody ran to that site and said, what the hell is that girl doing? What the hell? <laughs> I spent like a hundred dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. I am sure. I'm, I'm, I, no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I am sure Mandy Rose sent Shawn Michaels a, a nice muffin basket. All right. We are running out of time here or maybe some donuts. Uh, we are running out of time. here. Actually, we're way over on time. So SP3, what did we think about the main event tonight? Uh, Billy Gunn gets hit with one of the worst low blows I've ever seen. Uh, and then he takes a lethal injection and uh, Jay Lethal gets the win for himself. And uh, Mr. Jeff Jarrett tonight. Pretty sure this was the oldest main event in Rampage history. That's for uh, sure. Jeff Jarrett looks great. He looks security time. He looks in the same shape that he did ten years ago. I'll give him that, and I love that he's uh, continuing to call his strut to uh, give credit to Jackie Fargo for his uh, his strut ever since feuding with Ric Flair. I love that little touch as well. Uh, I love the Triple J name. Notice everything that I love had nothing to do with this match, though. Um, uh, the best part of this match happened before the bell rang with Max Caster giving us an excellent rap. Oh my god, it was line after line after they. I'm gonna win championships like Popovich. Oh, I I got one note, and I thought maybe people were gonna call me nuts. My literally one note was this might have been Max Caster's best rap. Like, seriously, every line hit. Every single line hit. The line about Great Khali talking about Satnam Singh. That set me over the cliff. The Popovich line was absolutely fantastic. I loved this. I Sometimes I can't tell if I'm going a step too far with my with my notes on certain things. I'm glad you said the same damn thing. I The best part of this was Max, uh, was Max on the mic tonight. Dutch, your thoughts on the main event? It is what it is. I didn't hear it. But if the rap was the best thing, I didn't even hear it. Because 
usually when the main event comes on on Rampage, you know, I'm nursing a concussion tonight anyway. <laughs> that, that's the, what the internet told me. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. But usually when uh, the last match on Rampage comes up, I'm having to get in here and work on this damn handheld damn computer setup I got here. So I usually miss the main event. I, I, I'll you know, I've, you know what I've noticed here, Dutch, is like, you know how, like, if you continuously do something, you get better at it. I've noticed that. I get yeah, I've, I've noticed you're getting worse at the setup. So you miss I, more of Rampage. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. And <laughs> hey, if I get so bad, I may have to start missing half of it. <laughs> I mean, I've got to start at the 30 minute mark getting ready. <sighs> but it's, uh, it, I, I like to see Billy and Jeff in there. Because they said they had like 60 years between them. That's probably true. Yeah, in the business, yeah. I know Jeff's been in since, I don't know, the 80s. And I've I, seen Billy on my television since 94. In since the early 90s. So, but you had a lot of experience in that ring. So, and it was Jeff and Sanjay against who? It was, Jeff, it was Jeff and Lethal versus Billy Gunn and uh, Anthony Bowens. Yeah, that was it. When those two are in the ring together, they are a combined 114 years old. And how many years of experience? Over 60. Oh, yeah, easy. Easily. I call easy. it my, my, my social security, man. That, <laughs> <laughs> their combined their combined experience has social security. All right, like they they, they got their AARP cards. They got everything. They're getting discounts at the airport. Billy, Billy's fifty nine, and and Jeff is what fifty five. Okay, Billy Gunn is fifty nine. Guys, they are still in shape. Yeah, but they still look great. I. I how is Billy Gunn pushing 60? And he looks Jeez. that good. He some, looks some, guys, some guys wish they looked that good at 29, not 59. <laughs> I mean, Billy Gunn looks as good at damn near 60 as Bobby Lashley does at 45. Like, seriously, like, Billy Gunn is to 60 what Bobby Lashley is to 45. That's what I'm trying to say. It's fucking ridiculous. We're way over on time. Guys... Let's go. Let's get out it's of here. All, it's always a, always a pleasure to talk to both of you. We'll be back next week for what is being billed as a can't-miss show. John Cena is going to be in action. We got title matches next week. Going to be a big show. We'll be back at 11.05 next week talking about that huge SmackDown and much to Duchess chagrin. We'll also be talking about Rampage as well. And, yes, Ozzy, go Bengals beat the hell out of the Patriots tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. Have a great, happy holiday weekend. Merry Christmas. Be safe. If you're in one of these places that got blanketed by snow, uh, you just stay inside. It's negative 30 where I'm at right now. Please. And it's cold in my office. So I want to get the hell out of here. Yes. God. Yeah. Uh, I was outside for all of five, five minutes today. I had to blow up my tire because, of course, I, I lost air in my damn tire on today of all days. I thought I, I thought my hands were frostbit. Like they, I could mm -hmm. not move them. I could not feel them for forty-five minutes after being outside 
for five minutes. It was fucking ridiculous today. Anywho, so hopefully you're warm, you're safe, you're by a fire, you're with your loved ones. Have a great Christmas weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.